0: Let's welcome in James Myrtle from the Globe and Mail. James, welcome in, and what would you call our hosting of this show?
1: I like Tadman and Robin, but do you have any tats there, Taddy? I think that that would help with, uh, with selling it.
0: Wow, you've, that's kind of a rude question. I mean, none, he can, none, <laughs> n- none places you can mention on the air. Uh, uh, wow. Oh, wow. I didn't think he was that forward for a journalist. <laughs> My goodness. No wonder you get the good stories. You just go right in there with the question. Oh, uh, uh, well. Uh, so, James, I mean, this. Uh, <laughs> let's get out of that. Oh. This uh, new look, I guess, uh, modernizing of the lease front office, uh, just a general take on it from you.
1: It's pretty remarkable how quickly it's happened. You know, I, I thought that potentially they would move into this slowly, but uh, the, what really changed everything was obviously bringing Brendan Shanahan, who wanted a different perspective. Uh, he ferreted out that, that Kyle Dubas was a, a, a great young guy to hire, and Kyle Dubas has really pushed to, to have uh, a, not just himself but a full analytics team, guys that he can work with and that really sort of brings some of you know the the quant knowledge the the mathematical knowledge and the the really hardcore uh, analytical ability Uh, that are going to help Kyle Dubas do some of the analysis that he wants to do. And it's really interesting seeing a guy go from the OHL where he didn't have a budget to really hire this many people and do this kind of stuff to now at the NHL level and uh, just all the applications that they can use in terms of statistics and things like that.
0: James, looking for a little perspective, and before we put the analytics float at the front of the Leaf stanley Cup parade, I mean, in terms (laughs) of, we all all understand its value in the NFL and Major League Baseball, uh, but in terms of other NHL teams, how deep do people go with this?
1: I would say there are probably five or six teams that are way deep into it, you know, and and some of them are very good teams, you know, and and they really don't like to talk about it, so it's hard to publicize it. I mean, I know that for a fact that Dean Lombardi in, in L.A. is hugely into this stuff. I mean, you talk to people that know him well, and they say he is just a, a massive I mean, I don't mean this as an insult, I mean, he's an analytics geek, you know, he loves this stuff, and I think it, he was a guy that was talking about Moneyball and Money Puck and this kind of stuff back in 2007, 2008, when the Kings weren't very good, and it's part of what he tried to incorporate into that organization, and I think it worked really well for them, and, you know, there are teams, uh, St. Louis has gotten big into this in the last couple of years, Uh, you know, people would be surprised to learn, you know, Edmonton is trying really, really hard to, to push analytics, and they hired their own guy this year, there are more teams than ever this summer that have hired people, but I would say there are probably five or six that are very, very hardcore into it.
2: James, how do you feel these new, new hires and ideas in the Maple Leafs front office are going to blend with the old-school mentality of a Randy Carlisle? It almost seems that the Maple Leafs are pinning him in a corner of get on board or you're out.
1: Yeah, I I I I think that the organization is certainly moving in a direction and Randy Carlisle is probably, yeah, like you said, gonna have to get on board with that direction. I mean you don't make all of these hires like Kyle Dubas and, and give him the team and then just to completely ignore uh all of their findings and what they're saying. So there's gonna be a battle there. You know, there's gonna be yeah, everyone knows some of the, the Moneyball movie, you know, where there was the battle between the manager and the and the quant sure. and the coach and that thing. I mean it it could be something similar this year. I mean, who knows? And there's going to be a conversation and I know that that's the kind of conversation that's happening in with other NHL teams. It's just not quite in the spotlight the way that the Leafs are.
2: Well, one of the analytics hires was the founder of Extraskater.com, Darryl Metcalf. So that website has been shut down. For those who don't know what it was and how it was used, uh, can you fill us in?
1: Yeah, I mean, basically it was the best analytics, hockey analytics website we've ever seen. I mean, it, it popped up right before the season started last year. Um, I don't know exactly how much traffic it had but I'm sure it was substantial Mm -hmm. and you could just tell there was a lot of ingenuity there and there was a bright mind there that had created the website because it was so user friendly But then again, it was also very, very powerful because it had a lot of advanced data that was available to look at games. And the great thing about it that I had never seen before in an analytics website is it it updated live during games. So you were getting the information. You could be sitting there in the press box watching a Leafs game. You could load up extraskater.com, and it would tell you what the possession stats were for every player on the team as the game was ongoing. And that was a a brand-new development, and it's a real shame that the site's been taken down now because essentially the Leafs bought it.
0: Oh, mm. Mm. that's the way to control things. There you go. It, <laughs> wow. It's ours now. Thank yes. you. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. James Myrtle from the Globe and Mail is our guest. So, James, let's um, I guess let's get a little creative here. So let's put uh, this year's front office on last year's team. And, and you would have been one of the people that we would have had on, on our leaf coverage that were telling us the analytics in October were not good and that if that continued, bad things were going to happen, and and we both know the story to that. So if that was to happen again, if you were on our LEAF broadcast with me and Jeff O'Neill at the end of October, and you said the analytics are tracking exactly as they were a year ago, now with this front office, what happens?
1: Well, I think that they would be very, very concerned and I think they would spring into action almost immediately because, you know, the Leafs in terms of analytics, in terms of possession, as you guys probably know, were at the bottom of the league right away, right from the get-go, even though they had won some games and the changes that I think would happen would be personnel. In terms of who's in the lineup and who's not, I think number one priority and the easiest thing for them to fix and something that I think they have fixed in this off season is get more talent at the bottom of the roster. And when there's an injury to someone like Dave and you know that's uh, that's a, a job for an analytics team can really look at who's the best fit there, who can we try there, and what the least needed to do instead of playing Jay McClement, you know, 17 to 20 minutes a night. Uh, is is give a chance to some of the younger guys on the roster and instead of having two enforcers on the in the lineup every night you know maybe play some skill on that fourth line you know you look at some of the better teams in the league and you know talked about St. Louis or or Chicago or LA I mean those teams are using their fourth line 10 to 12 minutes a night the Leafs last year were down about 5 or 7 and you know in the end of the year it, it not only gasses your first line but it just doesn't give you enough in your bottom six and the Leafs didn't generate hardly any offense out of that bottom six as a result. You know, that's getting more forward depth is was obviously a priority this summer. And, uh, that's one area where the Leafs are going to be improved for sure.
2: James, I want to get into the report yesterday, uh, surrounding Tim Laiwiki and that he may not be in for the long haul with MLS. He seemed to push the, the conversation and yeah, I'm in for this year, this season. Uh, if he were to leave in the relatively near future, um, what direction do you feel the Maple Leafs would go? Is it, is it too soon to put a Shanahan in that role, or, or do they go outside?
1: Yeah, I mean, there has been talk that potentially Shanahan could move up and could take on more duties. And, you know, frankly, I think he's done a pretty good job so far, mm-hmm. but it's only been a couple of months, so I think they would probably want to see that play out a little bit more. Sounds like, like Wicky's going to stay for another season. You know, maybe he goes uh, in, in April or May or something like that next year when it's been two years. And then they they obviously have to do an extensive search. And the thing is is that being at the head of MLSE is it's a very very difficult job. You know that's something that Richard Petty found when he did it, and it's something that Tim wiki has found pretty quickly. I mean it's a high pressure job. You say the wrong thing, it's in the headlines. Um, and the ownership structure in that company is such that it's, it's, you've got a lot of masters to please, and sometimes they're at odds, and it's difficult to do. I mean, having Rogers and Bell and Larry Tenenbaum together in this, this three-headed kind of monster at MLSC, it's not easy to appease all of them. And I think it's been difficult so far for Tim Liewicky, and I can imagine why he probably doesn't want to stay here for a long time.
0: James, I know it's a tough question, but, you know, as I heard the news yesterday and, and started kicking it around, I, have, you know, all kinds of respect for Tim Laiweke. I don't have any issues with him. Um, but to me, this is, um, you know, this is a homegrown s- solution. There should be somebody that has achieved from Toronto that mm-hmm. should be able. I mean, I, I think that's what we all look for is somebody who, who understands the market, understands the teams, yep. and understands yep. the ownership. That sh- I mean, there should be somebody here that could do that.
1: Well, and I think that that's part of what's happened with wiki is he—you could tell he didn't understand really, really especially the hockey team and its place in the city. And you know, he was saying things like, "We're gonna, I'm gonna, I've already got the Stanley Cup parade planned," and things like that. And I mean, anyone that knew the market would never say that. I mean, it's just a major faux pas. And you know, I've only lived in Toronto 10 or 11 years, so that's something I learned pretty quickly. And it's a different culture uh, around the Leafs and the media and the fan base and what it means. And I think that. Tim Y. Wiki was brought in pretty quickly and didn't have a time to, to sort of assimilate and pick up some of that stuff. So you're absolutely right. And you have to imagine there is somebody. I don't have a name for you guys yet. I mean, the news just came out yesterday that potentially he might be leaving. Hmm. Uh, I think it'd probably be a pretty extensive search, and uh, we're talking about very high-level executives. So, you know, it's uh, it's a big decision, and it's an important decision.
2: Uh, one more analytics question for you, James, from, from me. Uh, when you look at it as a whole, and it can be... Um, all, all, Almost overwhelming when you look at all the different uh, different scenarios and and different numbers there. But for people who are new to it, which metric is best for individual performance, and which is better for, for team performance?
1: Well, team performance is easy. I mean, this, when I talked about possession, I mean that's mm-hmm. definitely what you would want to look at. The, you know, if you want to talk about the actual number, the number that we def we use most of the time is called Fenwick Close. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it doesn't necessarily matter what all the machinations of that are. Essentially, what it's trying to measure is which team has the puck more than the other team at even strength? So, we found that to be very, very predictive in analytics of how teams are going to do. Uh, if a team like the Leafs has a good 30 or 40 games, but their possession is really, really poor, which was the case, that tends to indi- indicate to us that they're going to have a tough time over the second half of the season and, and vice versa. I mean, if there's a team that's struggling in the standings, but their possession numbers are very, very good, generally they're going to have a good second half and potentially improve on what they did in the first half. And, you know, and then it's it's much tougher for individual players. You know, there's no doubt about it. And we try and look at possession for individual players, and that's why people hear about Corsi all the time. Um, and you need a lot of context with that. You need to know what kind of a role the players are playing in, who their line mates are, uh, who they're playing against, things like that. But it's still useful to see, you know, possession for an individual is kind of the building block for good possession for a team. So, you know, typically if a player's at the top of his team, that means that he's helping improve the team in that area. So that's kind of how we talk about it. It's not like baseball stats. It's not as intuitive, uh, and they've still got a long way to go.
0: James, thanks for stopping by. really appreciate it.
1: Okay. Thanks, guys.